Happy Halloween, everyone. On this episode of Movies Ruined My Life, we're talking John Carpenter, specifically 1980's The Fog and 1998's Vampires. film are you arguing for trevor i am arguing for the fog 1980 nice yeah which which i didn't see until maybe my mid-20s right on yeah so it was one of those ones that uh i was like okay i need a little dig a little bit deeper into his catalog and i was out at the old uh suspect video and i'm like the fog this looks cool I have no idea what it's about, but it's John Carpenter. I have to check it out. And I, you know, it was one of those nights where I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting at home. I'm going to watch a scary movie in the dark. And uh, it was perfect. I, I loved it. It's become uh, one of my favorite uh, horror films of all time. We we had talked about it a little bit, Trevor, in the uh, in the Wes Craven episode, these, these names that, uh, these marquee names in horror, especially, say, for example, circa 1980, 1990, that that drove us back to the video store over and over again or to the theaters. And Carpenter's definitely one of those voices, I feel like, one of those um, unique talents. It's a brand. It's a brand. Uh, Horror directors, you know, you you know that there's going to be something interesting to to take from something, even if it uh, isn't necessarily their best work. You're going to enjoy it. And that's part of the reason why I like The Fog. I don't think it's his best film. Um, but it's creepy as hell. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, the film starts out, uh, around a campfire and there's a bunch of little kids there and there's something I could really relate to that whole situation. Cause really, I don't know about you, but some of my earliest, uh, experiences with fear and understanding horror come from being a kid going to scout camp and, and hearing ghost stories around the campfire. Uh, and there isn't a lot of films that sort of touch on that sort of look at it from that perspective. This is a, this is a ghost story. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we, we started getting fearful of things from these types of stories, you know, with the, a good backstory of history, uh, in, in this film there, there's a story about, uh, a bunch of merchant sailors who saw a fire on the beach and they uh, went towards it, but it was very foggy and could not see that there was a lot of rocks and ended up shipping and, and uh, uh, sorry, hitting the rocks and, and dying. Uh, and uh, it was a very foggy night. And then uh, this film, you know, after you hear that story around the campfire, takes place exactly 100 years from that night years, yeah. and uh and the fog is moving in some very unusual ways and uh it uh the the locals have to sort of navigate around town without getting attacked by the fog that seems to move uh away from the way the wind is blowing which is not possible in real life but mm. yeah it's cool I was always interested in radio. Uh, I ended up uh, 
having my own radio show on uh, York University Station, CHRY, for a while. I ended up doing a bit of pirate radio mm-hmm. out of my apartment in Audubon, which I got busted. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was in love with the, the Christian Slater, Slater film, Pump Up the Volume. So anytime I see like radio and radio shows, radio setups, you know, they have an interesting setup, uh, not uh, completely unlike uh, this room right now. Um, at the top of uh except this is at the top of a uh, lighthouse overlooking the water yeah. so it, it really is a really good way of communicating a lot of what's going on with the fog because this person could see the whole town and, yeah and and communicate to everyone instantly at a time where you know everyone didn't have communication devices on so the radio is a, a perfect way for handling that and when I think of Adrian Barbeau, I think of this film, too. A lot of people say Escape from New York, which Devin's going to talk about later, but I think of this flick. I, this is the one for me, much like you, I've always been in love with radio, and this is her standout role for me. Also, not Swamp Thing, which you already kind of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was watching it with my missus, and uh, she uh, she's like, not this girl again. <laughs> so we just finished watching all those uh, Wes Craven movies, and... Uh, yeah, and and we watch uh, Escape from uh, New York, uh, preparing for this as well. Uh, yeah, oh, she, she's perfect. Uh, she, I, I believe she was in a relationship with John Carpenter. They were married, at the time. and they have a son, Cody. Yeah, who's the who's the son that's touring with him uh, on the Lost Tapes right now? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. I would love to go see that if uh, if it comes to town. Yeah, me too. I'm keeping an eye out. Yeah, I know someone who went to the the states to go catch one of his shows he's got to come up here sooner or later yeah yeah for sure you need a paycheck yeah anyways so back to the fog you know um people don't know this but john carpenter did have to go back and do a lot of reshoots on this film um because he realized it just quite wasn't as brutal it was uh, as other films coming out at the time scanners being one of them and they're like yeah people aren't going to really like it so we have to make it a little bit more brutal so they did a couple extra weeks of of reshoots just to add you know more more violence to the the uh the parts where the the ghosts come out and attack people Mm -hmm. spoilers (laughs) for for uh okay so why should people go out and watch this flick tonight because if you're looking for a good story, like a nighttime story, bedtime story, a ghost story, the fog delivers in spades. You, know? yeah. uh, you have characters uh, that are running from a force that we all see you know, from time to time, a fog going around. It's creepy. You're walking around a park at night and you see fog. You're creeped out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you don't know what's lurking behind them. It could be a bunch of angry sea mariners. Yeah. Also. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, you also see another performance of, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, which she doesn't really have much of a role. I think she might've just been put in the film. I don't know if it was because of pressure from the studio to have her in another horror film, or maybe he just liked her because she really doesn't serve much of a purpose in the film other than to be sort of an outsider that's stuck in the, the same situation. I've seen interviews with Jamie Lee Curtis on this film where, where she said something to the 
effect of John Carpenter was very surprised that she wasn't getting a ton of film work after Halloween. When he brought her back for this film, he couldn't believe that, the, you know, this was her immediate follow-up with the exception of a little bit of television that she did mm. um, in the interim. And then this film kind of in conjunction with, with Halloween was what kind of kicked off her Scream Queen status, per se. She was also in the movie with her mother. Yeah. Uh, Janet uh, Lee Janet from Lee. Uh, Psycho, um, which uh, is another character. There's a lot of characters that, like, that's the thing. If people are going to criticize this film. There's a lot of characters really don't have a whole lot to do. Mm-hmm. It's more about the backstory and, and just anybody in the town could get it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're, they find a lot of the history through a book that a priest finds uh, just randomly behind a wall. Yeah. Uh, right after a, John, a scene with John, John Carpenter yeah. himself, who uh, in an interview, uh, he said that uh, after doing that scene, he realized that he should not be doing scenes in his own <laughs> movies anymore. So I think he only had a couple of cameos as like dead bodies or something, but uh, no more acting roles for John Carpenter. Yeah, I was watching some of the behind the scenes footage too, and apparently one of the kids that is on the beach uh, hearing the ghost story has now become a big Hollywood director. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I forget the name of the, the person. I had not heard of them, but apparently they've done some work. Right on. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting how... Uh, it's, that, that is really interesting because James Cameron got his big break on Escape from New York, didn't he? Really? Yeah, I, 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 so. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that he was uh, he was working in an effects department at the time and got his big break on Escape from New York. Well, I guess it's a small world, you know, the sort of lower budget independent filmmaking crowd. Like you mm-hmm. tend to, if you're in a family that's working on that, then because all the kids were like family members of people who were working on the set, yeah. they weren't like actors. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess you're around it. You end up uh, soaking it up and yeah. sort of having contacts and being able to move forward with things. I guess it's, uh, interesting. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we should have, uh, been born, uh, in the sixties out, uh, out in the West coast. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> have a very different life. Um, yeah. So, so. Although he was born in, uh, no, he was born in. Ohio grew I would, up in Kentucky. I wouldn't have any clue. Or born in New York. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I'm more the type of person. I know you love the 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 stories behind the films <laughs> almost more than the actual films. You talked about this a little bit on uh, on uh, the West the Craven, Craven Marathon uh, episode. But uh, me, I'm more about the content. Like I don't, yeah. half the time, I don't even remember the actors' names. Uh, like I, I had to look up it. Tom Atkins name <laughs> and I'm like, this guy's in everything, you know, he was in uh, escape from New York and, uh, okay. Yeah. So one of the things that's both really creepy and great is when he just like picks up Jamie Lee Curtis and he's like an old man with mm-hmm. gray hair and he picks her up and as a hitchhiker and, uh, First thing he does is offer her a beer because he's drinking a beer. <laughs> and then the next scene, they had finished making love. <laughs> you know, it's just like this is what happens when you pick up young nubile uh, hitchhikers. Oh, they just man. like end up in bed with you. Uh, it's uh, it, it made me a little uncomfortable. I'm like, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> but good for him. Yeah, you know, she was hot back then. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then she just follows him around. And then uh, uh, there's a great line because they go uh, there. He's looking for he was supposed to borrow a, a ship. Uh, and uh, he, they got the ship uh, guy who runs the ship, wasn't back in time. So him and Jamie Lee Curtis go out on the water uh, looking for the ship, and uh, they end up finding the ship. And the ship is completely empty, you know. Except there's a lot of weird things on the ship, like salt water where it shouldn't be, you mm-hmm. know, inside of beer cans. But the rest of the ship is fine. fine. You know, and it's all because the the supernatural powers uh, situation going on with the fog is all related to the sea. So any art, you know, the, the sort of salt water leads is, is, is sort of like uh, spiritual ectoplasm, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then they find a dead body and Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, her line is... Uh, Okay, I think it's time for me to go back to Vancouver. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to spoil the whole film, but there's some interesting sort of backstory too that relates to the history of the church in that town, and and uh, anything like like I'm not a religious person. However, any time that there's like sort of like spiritual sort of religious history intertwined with a story that really gets me. It's sort of, it's like, to me, it's, it's like part of a good scary story. You know, like I love the Omen movies uh, I've said before, um, anything to do with, with sort of the history of the church and old, old, old times. And you're talking about like curses and stuff like that. If the church is thrown in there with that, it sort of adds a little bit to it. Uh, and another part of the reason why I really like this film is, it's just beautiful. It looks really, really nice. It does look great. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some crappy prints out there. Uh, some of the extras on, on the Blu-ray, you know, you could tell that the, the there was some crappy prints out there. But what's available now, and I don't think a lot of it was, like, fully restored because there was still some bad parts to it. I think the just film was shot really, really well. Really Absolutely. good uh, uh, DOP. It's a good film that anybody could get into if you're not super into horror for a lot of the reasons that people don't like, say, Halloween mm-hmm. uh, or even The Thing, you know? Things constantly uh, jumping out at you at random times, a lot of blood, a lot of gore. None of that is in the fog, and some people might be put out that. It's more about the tone, you know? Yeah. It's just creepy. When bad things are happening, you know things are coming. Uh, the music fits perfectly with it. Uh, the the uh, the radio DJ um, really holds the movie together and 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 sort of lets you know what's going on um, throughout the film in a way that that keeps the pacing perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the slow moving fog yeah. comes in. And then the spirits come. It's a it's a nice idea, you yeah. know, and you can escape it if you can drive fast enough away with the beer in your hand. <laughs> now I've never seen the, the Selma Blair, whoever else, uh, two thousand six remake. <sighs> Is this also worth checking out? No. No, absolutely. <laughs> and if you've seen that and be like, Oh, I don't want to see the original fog, that film is fucking shit. <laughs> um no, it doesn't count. It's just like a generic, like, teen sort of, like, they take the basic ideas of the film and then sort of ignore the rest of it. Mm-hmm. They take, you know, a couple plot points, which 
there isn't a lot of plot points in it. You know, yeah. it's a simple story, but that's how ghost stories are supposed to be. And just sort of just make it into a generic teen, um, supernatural thriller, and it, it, it's garbage. Um, you know, maybe I'll rewatch it one day, but yeah. I wouldn't recommend anyone else do it. You know, I, I saw it when it first came out on video, and uh, I'm like, yeah, this is shit. <laughs> Um, this is nothing like the original. I'm going to go rewatch the original because that's great. And that's what you should do. Hey, everyone. So next week on the show, the Hannibal Lecter films. We hope you'll join us then. <laughs> All right. So we're back. And Crystal, you are up. Yeah. In your selection. John Carpenter's a vamp. Nice. Yeah. All right, so why should people watch this flick today, right now? Why are they going out and watching vampires? Well, if you're like me, then you like blood, guts, gore, swearing, and action. (laughs) (laughs) And throwing a Baldwin brother. Yeah, the shitty Baldwin. Well, yeah, but (laughs) still makes it fun. And James Wood, so you can't go wrong. Well, I mean, you can go wrong, but... (laughs) 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 I mean, if you like all of those things... Then you should gear this up and watch it. Okay. Because it's got everything. If you want to watch people die and get torn in half and whatever, you should watch it then. I also like the take on this of how their vampires die versus like other similar vampire stories, I guess. You really have to fucking work in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's like they're working extra hard. This isn't Buffy where you just stab them and dust. You got to drag it out into the sun or they like hammer. The spike into their heart. Yeah. And even then, it doesn't look like they're dead. <laughs> so it's like extra work and extra gore. Yeah. That's what makes you want to watch it. That plus, it's got that 90s vibe, that's for sure. And it's interesting, too, because a lot of 90s films that you think about in, in the horror genre that are kind of pop culture films are more geared towards teen audiences, which I totally feel this is not. Not at all, no. The color of language in this, <laughs> let's say. Is not meant for a preteen. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the movies. No, no. That that first kill that like the 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 master vampire. Yeah. On we were talking about this off air a bit where the hand goes through, through the guy and, and right up. up. Oh yeah. man, so good. And then it splits slowly <laughs> of him like coming apart and falling to the ground. Yeah, it still looks really good. Oh yeah, even now, like yeah. it looks great. And like rewatching it, I was like. How I forget how cheesy this is, this is gonna be, but really it's not that bad. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. All the kills are good. You got some choice word usage. <laughs> you got some hookers. Yeah, and that and and hookers treated very poorly. Very poorly. Very poorly. Very very poorly. Oh man, we were talking too about that flashback sequence, uh, or not flashback, the uh, montage sequence. Yeah. Where James Wood and, and Billy Baldwin are walking down the road uh, with with uh, I I I don't know the actress's name. Sorry, but Charlie. It's what's her name? Katrina. In yeah. The, yeah. Okay. And and James Woods just, just like shoving her. her to the oh ground. yeah. Um, <laughs> this way, bitch. This way. Oh, and that scene where he's got the fucking gun in her mouth, mm. and why I you know he uses some choice language that I was like. oh. Suck on this, you. <laughs> Insert C word here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like when um, 
Anthony, the Baldwin brother, hits her after he after she bites him. Yeah. And James Woods comes back and he's like, "What happened here?" <laughs> he's like, "Nothing. I had to hit her." <laughs> but now he's all offended. Like, "Well, why'd you hit her? Like, damage the merchandise kind of thing. Like, we need her to get to find the master." But like, it's okay if I push her. But if you hit her, it's not okay. Uh, the it's Valak, isn't it? Oh, it's Valak. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I love the hair and the yeah, very cliche vampire. Oh yeah, look. chiseled like jaw, like mm-hmm. fully just full on vampire. Like that's what it should be: long, dark hair, tall. Mm-hmm. And he's just ripping through everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't matter. Uh, really, really good performance. That being said, you don't. One thing that Trevor said, because um, he's taping the show separately, <laughs> he's taping his uh, con- contribution to the fog separately because he couldn't be here today for the panel. Uh, so he already came in and taped his stuff. And one thing he said about this film is like, you really do have a hard time um, finding someone to root for in this film. Oh, yeah, you do. Because you don't really care about James Woods. No. Um, and you de- you definitely don't care about uh, Daniel Baldwin. No. Well, I just called Billy Baldwin, but we were going to let it go. It's a Baldwin. It's a Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> There's many. <laughs> they all look the same. But yeah, you don't you don't care about any of these people. You almost feel worse. I kind of felt bad for the hooker. Yeah, exactly. Like I identified with the hooker, and what does that say about? Well, yeah, and th- but that's what's interesting about this flick in general is the fact that that you. <sighs> The first kill in the movie is the quote-unquote good guys. Yeah. Um, everyone that the good guys interact with, they treat them like absolute trash. Which is like weird also. Yeah. And it's like good guy or bad guy. You're not really... No, you never... It's it's all just one gray area. You're just watching a bunch of people kill each, each other. other. And that's really interesting. If anything, I want the like the priest at the beginning that dies. Yeah, Giovanni. Plus Giovanni. I mean, mm. <laughs> come on. You want him to live and he gets knocked off in the first, what is that, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, but I really wanted him. I wanted to identify with him. And now I can't. Mm-hmm. It's taken away. Oh, man. That's how I felt yeah, about it's, it. That is the character. And even like the little bit of like the scene where he's having a beer. And you're yeah. like, hmm, that's really weird. Yeah. Okay, well, I like it. But he like. Rock and roll priest. He's obviously, yeah, and he's like been with these guys for a while. Yeah. Like he has a camaraderie with them. Yeah. But then also you're kind of like, there's a priest and a bunch of hookers and some bunch of dudes that look like bikers all in the same <laughs> room. Like I'm a little confused as to what's going on. It really does hold up on rewatch. It looks great. Yeah. Especially when you consider it's 1998. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of the effects look way better than stuff that traditionally you associate with that time oh yeah and particularly vampire flicks yeah and it's got carpenter's signature flair to it oh yeah it's very dramatic Mm. that being said he didn't score this one and the music Uh, is a little over the top a little little bit little it reminds me almost of the all the the music in uh, Hard Target a little <laughs> bit and all those like slow walking against the wind, wind? shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bow, now, now, I always think of that in like um, 
an old western kind exactly. of like very old western like we're meeting at the center square at noon <laughs> to draw our guns and kill each other it's very much like that exactly and that's where i was kind of going with it is that it, you know it feels like a carpenter film because of his love for westerns and this is just one more opportunity to do it uh we talked about escape from new york being a little bit that way yeah and a lot of his work is kind of reminiscent of that and you know so although it in many ways is an outlier in his catalog there are still these little touches of of carpenter in there so you don't get a score Mm. but you get the pacing that you're used to in a carpenter film oh yeah you you don't get that um timeless of a time feel you get a very 90s film yeah uh it doesn't ride the line it isn't one of those things where you can say it it's something i can watch 20 years down the line and not put it in the 90s it (laughs) is very much then oh yeah but uh conversely it uh it it really does have it has something something special really fun I really like it. Yeah, it's like a... Thank you for, for nominating it. <laughs> we were joking you always do the, the Dark Horse. Right? I know, I always do do the Dark... Well, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Dark Horse movies, yeah. and this is one of them. And I don't... I think a lot of people don't watch it because it looks like it's going to be cheesy, or mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to maybe not have like the effects that it does and give mm-hmm. off that kind of vibe, but it's totally a good watch. It's worth the afternoon sit down and mm-hmm. relax or at night, just watch it. Yeah. And I like the effect, like the, all of the effects are great mm-hmm. and the kills are great. And the swearing is like next level. And when they drag the vampires out into the sun, the explosion of fire mm-hmm. is pretty exciting. And it's, it makes it a little bit more, uh, climactic in like how it's done mm-hmm. as opposed to like a quick um it's like boom it's over yeah. it's not over there's no. like continuous fire flame <laughs> blood <laughs> there's an excess of it which makes it more interesting yeah yeah it doesn't depart from the vampire lore but it it's it's of a it's it's one of a kind yeah i like it i like it like nothing else is really like um this isn't as cliche let's say like in terms of like how you kill them is the same, but how it's depicted isn't a cliche how every other vampire movie is, mm-hmm. which I like. I think it adds something to that. And they, they don't do the garlic. They don't do no um, any of that stuff, right? So, And they talk about it, too. Yeah, they, they talk, talk about, about it. They address it. Bullshit, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And, of course, it has the ultimate, like, what's a vampire's goal? To walk in the sun. Like, that's the ultimate, yeah, exactly. what they want to do, right? Because you'll never get that. Sure, you have immortality, but you'll never get to experience the sunrise or daylight again. Mm-hmm. So, of course, like that's the end goal of like the master in this case, trying to get the black cross and mm-hmm. perform the ritual or the exorcism and um, have this walk in the daylight. And then you're unstoppable, essentially, mm-hmm. because you have no weakness, really. Mm-hmm. You're immortal. You can walk in the sun and you can kill anything that moves in front of you <laughs> at your will. So I think it's like good for that. It is a little convenient how uh, how James Woods just knows. Yeah. He knows right away. <laughs> right away, this is what's going on. Yeah. He just, like, puts it together instantly. Yeah. He's like, someone's fucking us over. Yeah. You know, someone's going to be the this. church. It's go- yeah. It's going to be the church. 
Someone's going after the Black Cross. So, but I want to briefly ask you about the, your take on the ending where he gives the Baldwin two days to run off with the hooker before he hunts them down and he's going to kill both of them because they've both been bitten. Well, she's been bitten and then she bites him, which I think is hilarious. Like, mm. well, you gave me two days, so I'm going to give you two days to go off, but then I'm going to hunt you down. Yeah. Even though you're my friend and like comrade in arms, yeah. that doesn't matter. Now we're enemies, frenemies. Frenemies. <laughs> yeah. I kind of liked that. Yeah. So if you got a rainy afternoon or an evening and you're looking for something to watch, this is it. All right. Got blood, you got guts, you got killing, you got swearing. What else can you need? <laughs> That's all you need in life. That's it. Perfect. Yeah. Watch it. It's a good flick. Yeah. And tweet at the show and let us know if, if Crystal gets your vote. Tweet at Merle Podcast or... Email the show, whatever. Vote for me. Because she's a uh, competitive. Dark horse. Vote for the dark horse. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So happy Halloween, everyone. Uh, remember to reach out to us on social media at Mermal Podcast on Twitter at MRML Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, pretty much everywhere that podcasts can be heard. Uh, Google Play Music. You can find us at our website, moviesfrommylife.com. And I think that's about it. So thanks for hanging out with us. It's been done. Yeah. <laughs> it's been done to death.